This is Internet Marketing. Welcome back to the show where we give you the lowdown, the inside information, the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. Internet marketing is brought to you by Academy Internet at academyinternet.com and Wireworld Productions at wireworldproductions.com. Hello, my name is Andy White, and in episode 28, we'll be talking to Daniel about can a niche be too narrow to be effective? And I'll be talking to Sarah Ogden of Midnight Communications about how PR agencies are helping their clients to use social media and some of the pitfalls to avoid. So stay tuned. So, Daniel, we're talking today about SEPA, which stands for Specialist Information. Association. I attended the annual conference that was in the UK uh, last week and they are an association that kind of specialises in people that publish information, maybe it be online, through print, through email newsletters, whatever it may be, in specialist information markets. Mm. So there were lots of different people there, people from you, you paid for subscription service to find out what the latest property opportunities were, people that sold legal information online, so people selling information. And a lot of the um, activity on the web seems to have moved to people providing information in exchange for getting advertising revenue from that or for paying for subscriptions. So there was a, a real shift in the market because a lot of them have gone from paid subscriptions and now having to move across to actually selling advertising on their sites instead. Because people don't tend to want to pay to subscriptions. They're happy to get free information on the web because they found out they can get free information in most places. So there was lots of buzz, lots of talk going on. We were there to do a talk on usability and you know how you can use usability on your website. But what was really interesting was the keynote speech was from a guy called Tom Hagee, and I hope I pronounced that right, who is a VP from a company in the States called LexisNexis. You can go to the SEPA website, which you can actually find at newsletters.org. So they've got quite a nice web address. But what he was talking about was finding the the niches, the real niche information in order to actually make money on the, online, okay? And they were kind of talking about, you know, finding money in the cracks in the sofa, kind of where, where the information kind of niches are and the little kind of uh, focused areas of information. So he's using that as a metaphor for uh, very uh, deep but narrow niches. Absolutely. And it was interesting just to see, you know, lots of these people had quite niche information, but how deep can you go with that niche? A lot of the stuff he then talked about was how you can leverage that information, the age of the information, different ways you can use it. So if you're interested in that, go to that SEPA website, SEPA Online, and their blog can also be found at sepaonline.blogspot.com. Okay. But what's interesting to me is that we have lots of people, and we've always said, look for the niche information, mm. really focus on that niche stuff, and that's where you'll get the traffic that converts really well. Okay. The problem with that is how far do you go into a niche before the traffic level to start to drop down, okay? Yeah. To the point where you're not getting enough traffic volume to actually, you know, get these conversions. Because we always say this thing, if you search for DVD player, okay, you'll get loads of traffic, but that traffic probably won't convert into any business. If you search for Panasonic RB9636 Black, you know that person's probably gonna buy one of those DVD players or they're gonna get it serviced. But the key thing is how many people are actually searching on that in the first place. And normally when you approach internet marketing, you need to balance two things off to you know, generate interest um, and get people to understand what you're about, as well as getting the people at the point of conversion into buying or whatever that action is going to be online. So a lot of this presentation was really focused on this niche information. The presentation was fantastic. You can see a summary of it online uh, at, the, at the address that I said, but I'm really interested to see people's feedback in what they think when they've approached niches 
what they've got. And what we're trying to do at the moment is try and encourage a bit of feedback from the audience on a couple of topics, because we get some really good feedback from some people, but a lot of people stay quite shy and don't tend to get in contact. So I really know what, want to know what people think about how far you go down the niche route. Mm. Can you focus on one niche? Do you need multiple niches to support a business? Um, and how do you actually address that? One of the things we'd always recommend is using analytics to look at what website traffic you're getting, where it's coming from, and seeing what traffic actually converts into business. Mm -hmm. And then you can make some judgments. But I'm kind of intrigued to see what other people's opinions of that kind of thing are. So in summary, Dan, niches, in theory, can be too narrow. Would you agree with that? I completely agree, because we do a lot of um, a lot of the pay-per-click campaigns that we do, for example. We'll basically tell and say, OK, here are your slightly more generic terms that you're going to get lots of search volume on, but you're going to have to pay higher bids for them because they're more competitive and you will not see as many conversions because people are at different points of the buying cycle. They might be browsing, they're trying to investigate information. The interesting thing is then we say, right, go down the niche route. The more niche the terms, the better. You might not get much traffic, but when it does, you do get the traffic, you get the conversions at the end of the day, which will generally work. That's what will happen. But what you have to also recognise is that if you want to support a business and you've got to drive a certain amount of revenue... If your niche is too narrow, can that support a business? Mm. And a lot of people that write blogs or um, have niche kind of focused businesses, they follow a lot of this advice, and that is really you know, it's good, sensible advice. But you have to realize, okay, if the website isn't generating enough income or you can't sell enough of a product, is that because you are too focused on a particular niche and there isn't a market out there to achieve that? Um, if the market is there, how else can you get into that market? If, you know, if you're going through the searches and you're, you're still not getting the traffic, what else can you actually do to build awareness? A lot of websites that have got businesses that people don't know they want is an interesting challenge, okay? I chatted to a guy the other day, and they offer a service that allows you to put all your um, passport photos online, upload them, piece of software will check the photo, make sure it meets the biometric requirements mm-hmm. for putting a passport. You can then fill in the form online, send it off, and it will get back to you. Okay, which is a lot easier for most people than going to the post office, filling in the form, paying the money you have to do there. Okay, Mm. but most people aren't even aware of that service, so they've gone for really niche search terms, but it's not doing them a lot of good because no one's searching on it. So sometimes you have to build awareness of the niche Mm. to make people appreciate it as well. So again, you have to think: is it because there isn't a market? Is it because there is a market but people aren't aware of it? So there's a few factors to consider. So this whole idea of niche marketing is something we always bang on about, but you have to realise there are some downsides as well, and you have to be a bit careful about it. So have a think about that, and if you're having problems getting enough traffic, think about why that is. Is there not awareness? Are people just searching on things you're not even aware of? Use a tool like wordtracker.com to research your keywords. Also, while we're on just mentioning WordTracker, just be aware of WordTracker, you can do UK-based results only now, as well as US-based. Oh, that's okay. So, so compare both of those. That's quite an interesting thing to do. Mm. And you might have always been using keyword research tools for your particular country. I mean, for in our case, for example, the UK, but using a US tool and saying, well, there's loads of searches. Why aren't I getting the results? Well, maybe in your country there aren't and people aren't willing to work for a business that's abroad. So consider all those different factors. There's quite practical things going on there as well. So, for example, if your niche is paisley pyjamas for sardines, make sure that you use conventional marketing and PR methods to suggest that sardines might want to consider wearing pyjamas. Something along those lines, exactly. Not the one I was thinking of particularly, but yes, absolutely. (laughs) I I think the thing is, that's exactly it. You can be really niche and focused, but you need to give yourself some ability to drive some traffic from various places. Mm. So it is really important you have a think about, okay, if I'm not getting the traffic, why? Is it my site isn't good enough? Is it the fact it's not optimised? What's happening to the traffic when it gets there? Look at the analytics. 
Um, but look where the traffic's coming from and look what people are searching for. Do some other searches. Look at other people's websites and see if you can find any stats okay, about how much traffic they're getting. Contact other people with websites in your area and ask them. You'd be surprised how many people are actually willing to be quite straightforward and answer some questions if you ask them. Um, so have a little think about this. This whole topic of niche marketing is really important, but don't go too niche. It's one of the pieces of advice. And again, have a look at that SEPA website. You can either go to newsletters.org for their general website or go to SIPA online, that's S-I-P-A online dot blogspot dot com and have a look at Tom Hagee's kind of uh, blog entries there. There's some really interesting stuff. And generally, there's a lot of good stuff on their website anyway, which I think might be quite relevant to a lot of our uh, listeners. So feedback, please. Now, Dan, just quickly, the e- the the best email address to send this feedback to? If you um, want to email us at contact at academyinternet.com, uh, we've always used the info at academyinternet.com in the past. Both are fine but we prefer stuff to the contact at academyinternet.com because it's easier to spam clean that one for us because we're getting so much spam. You can sort it all nicely in your inbox, can't you? Exactly, it'd be lovely for us. So uh, send it through to there. Any feedback at all, if you've got questions on any of these topics or you've got some comments, just literally comments, we'd be more than welcome to read them out and just give people's feedback. Fantastic. Cheers, Dan. Thank you. Now, just before we go on to the next segment... I must talk about our main sponsor, Academy Internet, who have been with us from the start. Now, Academy Internet are a full-service online marketing agency who cover the full spectrum of online marketing activities and objectives. It's all about using the technology to make your business work, and they're happy to guarantee that they will improve your return by at least 30%. You can find them at www.academyinternet.com, or you can call them on 44 if you're outside the UK, or 01273 Okay, moving on. And now for that interview with Sarah Ogden of Midnight Communications. Um, I had a chat with Sarah and we talked about how PR agencies are advising their clients to use PR, some interesting stories and some of the pitfalls to avoid. Enjoy. I'm talking to um, Sarah Ogden, Managing Director of Midnight Communications, which is a public relations consultancy based here in Sussex. Sarah, the first thing to ask you is, you know, we've seen a lot of changes in the internet the last couple of years. How has that affected PR in the, in the use of the internet for PR for your clients? Well, where do you begin, really? Midnight, just as a bit, bit of background, really, Midnight's been established 13 years and actually grew out of the first sort of dot-com wave, as it were. And we've kind of grown up with the internet and grown up with it both in terms of a number of our clients being from the digital space, but also with regards to how the internet has evolved as a sort of media channel, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the hot topic on that is social media, which is something that we're talking about extensively at the moment with a number of clients. No. What factors do you think an organisation should look at before considering using the internet as part of their sort of PR machine? I think what's interesting is that the sort of rise in popularity and effectiveness of the sort of search engine optimization as a discipline is having a quite a fundamental impact on PR. There's always been a real sort of spectrum in terms of types of PR companies. Um, at one end, you've got effectively a a press release distribution house who will just churn out information to a number of you know journalists or sort of media channels and at the other end you've got sort of PR consultants who often act really like a, a management consultant really um, but that specialise in communications so they go into an organisation and they advise it on where it is in the marketplace, they look at its business objectives and look at the various touch points upon which how they communicate and then advise the best way to communicate the messages they want to get across using the right channels in the right way how the internet has evolved really 
is in serving both types of PR companies. On the kind of distribution end, social media and the growth of online information consumption has mean that there's a greater drive towards creating content. What it's meant is that in a way there's greater opportunity for, for content distribution and uptake on the web, but also it's meant that individuals, small businesses, single people can produce their own content and can distribute it to some impact, which is, I suppose, great for those organisations who are limited financially in terms of working with a PR consultancy and just want to get information out there. But of course, there are certain limitations to that. At the other end of the scale, just talking about PR consultancies, and I guess this is very much more where Midnight would sit, social media, for example, provides an incredibly exciting opportunity opportunity because what we have now is an evolution in how people consume media and we have an evolution on therefore of how we operate and how we advise our clients of methods to engage with the various audiences that they've got. How effective are you finding um, online PR for your clients? What I've really enjoyed over the past three years really is as we've watched sort of social media really kind of kick in and the kind of impact that has on culture let's say is first of all those delightful people who rush in very very quickly and are kind of want to be seen to be using the latest thing without actually thinking actually is this the right application is this the right way to communicate this message is this actually going to reach out to the right audience the PR industry I think has been responsible for some absolute clangers in terms of you know wrong use of social media and rather you know some businesses are just we have to be seen using it and I really 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 have enjoyed watching them you know bugger things up because really for us and I don't know if this is because maybe we've grown up with the internet for us you know I'd rather we as a company are absolutely clued up at the different types of social media platforms and the opportunities that this whole area provides for our clients but also that we're particularly sensitive about actually how different this is from mainstream media and the role that PR people have to play in this area and is very 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 different what actually social media allows is a greater transparency between organizations and their audiences but it really has to rely on real communication you know people are not and have never been you know the general public you can't fool them and there's no reason why anyone should even try to can you give us a few examples of, of clangers without mentioning company names <laughs> yeah there's so there's so many um, and some of the oldies are probably the best because as i've said before they hang around for a long long time i mean you've got to really consider as much as the internet provides opportunities for consultancies who have new platforms that they want to advise clients they can they can adopt and use but also for people who want to maybe have a go at providing content and creating content and putting it online themselves and there's a huge amount of opportunities but you've got to bear in mind some of the basic kind of cons of the internet in terms of and I say sort of cons in a pros and cons sense cons of the internet are that you are putting yourself up for potentially mass exposure so you've got to really think about the content that you're putting up there whereas newspapers were once described as tomorrow's chip paper that definitely doesn't apply with the internet things hang around for a very long time and you've got a real real opportunity here for a lot of people to see your mistakes as much as your good stuff so that that's a that's a kind of one of the cons i mean i think another one of the cons you've got to think about with the internet is sort of the right to reply as much as um, social media for example gives you the opportunity to contact contribute content and to comment on content and to sort of create your own communities also any kind of content that you put up there that you want to consider representative you and what you think or or your organization you're exposing yourself to 
other people's right to reply and other people's right to criticise you publicly in terms of what you've got to say. So that's another consideration. I think in terms of the global message, you've also got to think that what you might say might be acceptable to a UK audience, but is this going to go down just as well to a Spanish audience or a, or a Chinese audience? So those kind of considerations with regards to communication, thinking about different cultural nuances, that's another consideration. The internet is a global platform. And as, as I've mentioned before, there's that danger with fools rush in. It's a bit like when you write an email to somebody, you know, you might fire it off because you're a little bit irritated and, and suddenly you think, actually, as soon as you've pressed send, actually, that is illegal. That is a legal message, effectively. Mm. Um, you That email is then in their inbox it's very hard to get it back once you've done it and they can do what they like and they can forward that email on to a million people if they so choose so it feels rushing just hesitate a bit of caution and um, the internet provides very fast and very accessible ways to communicate um, but sometimes a little bit of consideration and thought equally needs to go into that mm. So could you give us a few examples of how Midnight have been helping clients using PR online? Um, well, it's very exciting, really. We, we spend so much of our time really kind of embedding ourselves in terms of changes in the internet, in terms of technology and applications and various gadgets and new platforms upon which information can be created or, or digested. Um, and we really it really fuels our creativity. And actually this year and, and last year, we've really come up with some fantastic ideas for clients in terms of how they can use social media in a meaningful way rather than as a brand they must be seen using social media because it's the current buzz I'd much rather we advise clients in a smart way and really think about is this the right channel is it the right form of communication for what you're trying to get across and will it mean something to the people that you're trying to talk to but we've been delighted that actually this year we've been able to come up with a number of ideas that have been accepted by for example a, a major ra- uh, rail operator which is which is quite exciting because uh, trans- the transport industry isn't one that's necessarily known for for its innovation in terms of how it communicates but we're currently working on a social media project with a client that unfortunately can't name at the moment but I'm sure it'll soon be out there and there's been other instances where we've been able to apply social media in terms of how we distribute press releases and information but also just tapping into the sort of certain blogging communities that reflect the vertical sectors that we represent, talking to key bloggers, using them as influencers, helping to get, you know, getting feedback from them because they're really in the eye of the storm in terms of some of the kind of niche communities. And it's just fantastic that really it's just opened up what we can do and how we can work. This is not the first time I've heard of this concept of working with key bloggers. It seems to be quite a powerful sort of thing to do. Absolutely. The world is made up of influences, but PR is about relationships and about good communication. In fact, the sort of CIPR, which is the Chartered, Chartered Institute of Public Relations, it is about managing sort of strategically the relationships with your different stakeholders and audiences. And that's internal audiences as much as it's your external audiences. Bloggers, blogs are another way. They are leading discussion they are the forum upon which certain debate and discussion and exchange of knowledge takes place and some bloggers represent very interesting sectors and they are incredibly influential within their own communities and beyond and I think one what is a very interesting fact is how actually social media and more mainstream media such as broadcast and print actually now feed off each other you'll often find stories that get sort of effectively broken online will then sort of reach the mainstream in terms of the national news and vice versa you know national news often gets picked up by um, the blogging community and is effectively reappropriated and um, discussed and dissected and analysed and and the two actual area the two different types of media really do feed off each other and it's, it's very exciting. 
Sarah Ogden, Managing Director of Midnight Communications, thank you very much. Where can people go if they want to contact Midnight Communications? Well, there's a number of ways, actually. Um, if you want to come on our website, there's a webcam, so you can peer right into the living heart of our offices, but that's on midnight.co.uk. We've also got a podcast on there, which you should check out our, our Sonic brand, which we're quite excited to come up with, a Midnight Audio brand, which is really, really good fun. Um, we've also got a MySpace blog, which is quite fun and um, run by the guys in quite a relaxed sort of so you can really kind of see how we work and how we all tick and there's various video footage of things we've been up to on there and yeah if anyone wants to get in touch we're we're based in Brighton which is a throbbing heart of uh, the UK's digital community if you ask I can me. vouch for that yeah and we're down here and if anyone wants to come and see us you're very welcome and yeah get in touch well that's it for this week's show thank you for listening I do hope you enjoyed it Now, we would love to hear from you, so if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to have featured on the show, then do send them to info at academyinternet.com. If you want to send a little WAV or MP3 file with some sort of comment on or a question, please do so, and we'd be very happy to play that as well. Uh, If you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet, well, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Go to iTunes and just search for Internet Marketing, or go to the www.summitsolutions.co.uk website or the www.academyinternet.com sites, and you can subscribe there. This is Andy White signing off. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. wireworldproductions.com